so we're, we're doing a reflect. We're doing a reflect today, aren't we? Because we were going to do an episode, um, and then some Tom some ruined it. Well, in <laughs> fairness, it's a bank holiday. I turned up on a bank holiday. Tom's builders are just too today. diligent. They are just too committed like, to the job. Okay, like yeah, of course, of course, rip stuff out. But also, I'm in my pants. Like <laughs> it's a bank holiday. Were you? Uh, are they charging you bank holiday rates, Tom? Is this time and a half? Is this why you've got your discount on the kitchen, they, but the labouring costs have doubled? They only work bank holidays. Christmas. They only work bank holidays. They only no, work. You've got to get it in. No wonder you've it's got to get it in so now. Long. Then bloody hell, it's got to happen now. It's the only way. <laughs> Tom's kitchen will take four years. Um, but yes, that's the situation. Um, but I'm. Don't worry. Don't worry, listeners. I'm on the mute button, ready to mute myself if there's any problem. I mean, we're recording in separate tracks, so to be honest. This could just edit me, but we don't like to edit reflex, as you probably noticed. So it's easier <laughs> if I just keep hold of the old mute button, um, ready to go. But yeah, welcome to season three, reflect. It's a big season, guys. Big season. Our longest season, season to date, I think. Um, mm. Twenty-seven episodes in total, which four arcs, very exciting. Um, and the listeners have given us some questions. So this is where we reflect on the season, but. I just want to start. Does anyone have any questions from you guys? Do you have? Do you guys have any questions? Uh, no. Nope. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, about today, um, have we received any questions outside from the Discord? Uh, I think there was a couple in email. There was only from from Xander Byers. One of them. One of them was, "Are you going to do an Easter special?" No. No. That's just sailed. Right now, here we go. Uh, <laughs> hop, hop, hop. I'm a Bunnelby. Here's my Easter egg. Thank you, Bunnelby. No conflict here. Love oh. Easter eggs. I would have. I, if we'd ever do these do an Easter special, what of Dr. Bunnelby doing like a Frasier style spin off in. Uh, <laughs> would be. Oh my god, yes. I mean, now, I, now we kind of have to do an Easter special because Dr. <laughs> Bunnelby as Frasier is exactly what I want to do. <laughs> What's another. Go like, ahead, Formia. I'm Bunnelby. Exactly. Diggers be as Niles. Um, <laughs> Lopany is Ross. As Ros, sorry. <laughs> there is there are there are a few questions from Xander, but I'll I'll Any from the old Instagram? <laughs> no. <laughs> None. No, no. Are you sure? No curious people on Instagram. Um, are you sure? I I'll double check, but that, that sounds yeah. like Tom knows that there was. I feel like there was. Oh yeah. Oh right. Okay. I see. I feel like I someone see. asked a question. <laughs> I feel like is it Tom did. asking Stu to marry him? Is that what's happening? Uh, no. is, that's, <laughs> is there not a question on Instagram, Stu? Is there not a question <laughs> you need to answer? No, how Tom, asked how me is that morning. the second time today on separate occasions that we've been compared to a married couple? Um, Sophie. Um, okay. Sophie. I, like she said. Oh, I heard you're doing the reflect later on. How do I ask a question? I was like, well, Stu's actually posted this thing on Instagram. So if you want to contact. Stu, then just you know, do it on the old Instagram. So I, I believe Sophie's got a question, right, Stu? Oh, Should we right. open with that question? Let's start I with see. Sophie's question then. I see what's happened here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think D.W. Hollins might have had something to do with this. Um, not that guy. I don't think so. I didn't think Sophie listened, uh, but so let's hear her question. It'll probably okay. be quite basic, I imagine. That's it. Sophie is D.W. Hollins. It yes. all makes oh. sense now. Makes sense. Uh, Sophie asks. We've been given a lot of info regarding teleportation circles from Mr. N in their thesis, which I would love to read, by the way, 
and we've also seen Frey using. Sorry, Sophie has gone on multiple text boxes here. So it's a very long question. Apparently, so there was a to, limit to how much you a could character write limit. In I can the... only imagine. Um, uh, we've also seen Frey use the same. What other magical circles do you think exist in Formia? And are they related to poker powers at all, or are they a separate magic system we have yet to really dig into? <laughs> well, I mean, wow, that's... I, 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 do you know what? I also apologise, because there is also a question here from Mark Smith saying, favourite type of cheese. So maybe we <laughs> can big, combine the, the two, tenors. actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, are there any cheese circles? Is it like a... I have to assume you so. You know, an Emmental that you walk through, and it uh, allows you to... Oh, okay. Yeah, come so out of another Emmental. No, keep going, Ali. Wait, what's the Emmental circle going to be? A massive, a massive Emmental, and you hop in one, one hole, and you just come I out like, of a different Yeah, okay, there's like you portals out, you just in the different bad. You just cheesy holes. Really bad. That's good, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so favourite type of cheese are probably mozzarella. Um, in terms of Sophie's question about the, the <laughs> magical <laughs> circles and the runic portals, um... Gosh, I guess a sep- they're a separate magic system, aren't they? The runic circles, very I would obtuse. Say so. Yeah, yeah. I would say that they're probably there to suit anything that might be needed in the plot, but otherwise we won't hear much <laughs> about them. Um, <laughs> it's about it's about the actual sort of circles themselves because the circles also require specific items Regents, and things yes, like that. So it's yes. it's a bit more technical. Very they're kind of connected to general church like magic, which is effectively yes. artificial poker powers, which is basically yes. they use a yes. bit of a Pokemon to perform alchemy, basically. Yeah, and like that right. is and that is what the circles are as well. They use physical objects to create effectively just the move teleport. Yeah. Uh, and David, what is your favourite cheese? Uh it would be a Parmesan. Okay. Parmesan. Parmigiano. Ali, any news on the magic circles or favourite cheese? Um, favorite cheese would probably be uh, a brie or a camembert. And regarding the magic circles, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm forever sold on the Emmentals now, so that's me. Nice. And for me, it's um, mozzarella kid. Um, it's my favorite cheese, and nothing more to describe on the old circles as Stu and David handled that wonderfully. So let's move on to other questions. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to go in order from the Discord. I feel that's the easiest thing. So I'm going from the 28th of March. Lightfire53 asks, what's your favourite Glitchek City slash Braxton Burke's music piece that you've used for the show? Also, there is a question that ties in here, which is from Jeremby's mum, who asks, how do you choose the perfect music for the section for a Kenny monologue, for example, and things like that? Do we own the albums or do we know them all off by heart? Spoiler, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's your favourite Braxton glitch piece? Um, <clears throat> good question. Um, I I don't know all of Glitch X Cities. There's so many on there that like it's almost impossible to to pick a favourite. Um, I've used um. Oh, in terms of Braxton Burks, we have our favourites that we seem to use 
time and time again um, in episodes. There's one that's like, <laughs> which seems to come up whenever there's kind of like a slightly jauntier scene. Um, which I which I find is that the Team Rocket hideout? No, because oh, that's the I think it's core, Professor it? Oak. I think it's the music yeah. where Professor Oak takes you onto the route for the first time in Red and Blue. Yes, yes, so, yeah. yeah. I personally, um, well, personally, my one of my favourites is the Celadon game corner, which is as you say, Ali. Any time there's a remotely quirky, funny ending to a scene, I'm like, yep, that'll do. <laughs> I like there's there's also Team Rocket Strikes Back, which is like the jazzy or oh, the jazzy one, the jazzy that is a good one, fun mm. one, which is very that is a good one. When Snorleone gets back into the storyline, that's going to be used a lot more. <laughs> it was a Piranha staple. It was a real Piranha. There's, there's also oh sorry, go on, Tom. Oh, go on. I was going to say so. Then then there's my favorite, which I think is called like the Courage of Trainers in the Time and Space album. That's very that's epic, nice one. very yeah. uh, cool like that. And for Glitch X City, I like I can't remember what it's called, but it's in. Um, the payback arc. Uh, it's um, Dwayne Rock the Dwayne Johnson's intro music and the general fight music. It's like electric guitar. It it slaps. It's just mm. ridiculous. Yeah, a cool. Whenever you need something like metal, Glitch X City's that's the way. That's where you. Gotta I go. also love the Safari, Safari Zone Lo-Fi remix <laughs> by Glitch X City, which it, no, it's great. It's perfect for like a slightly emotional, but not too. You know when you're like, I want this to have a a tinge of emotion, but not like. Not whole hog. Not the Pokemon theme. Sad, sad piano. in my yeah, exactly. key and slow by exactly. piano. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like and, there's and, some... Sorry, go on, no, David. Go on, David. No, 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 I've, you no, you go. Oh, you charming man. Um, I was gonna. I, the only thing I could add is that I've really enjoyed the use of Tin Tower over the last. Uh, yeah. Over the last couple of episodes, it's been a. It's been a joyously, joyously and liberally used bit of music, I and I've enjoyed well, every like, second. Yeah, like the Tin Tower, Burnt Tower, and like sl- Trouble at Slowpoke Well. They're all sort of thematically nice well to i was gonna anyway. say like slowpoke well whenever there's like a sort of uh churchy thing i try try to get that in as like a little easter egg in case anyone picks it up um and in answer to how we pick the music it's kind of this we just sort of listen to them like little snippets and go i think that fits the vibe yeah i mean it's harder with glitch x city because there's so much there but with braxton burks i kind of know because we've been doing it for so long and we've you know i feel like i'm sort of know my go-to Braxton Burks tracks because we we tend to use very similar ones in yeah terms of like once you use it like we don't I think ones if we haven't used a Braxton Burke track by now we're probably not going to use it in the future like we've we've I feel like we have now got our sort of tracks that we generally use yeah and sometimes if it's like if I know it's going to go underneath the scene I might try to make my editing job a bit e- easier and see how long I want the music to be and then kind of pick a track that sort of suits the length. Yeah. More often than not, you'll actually find it kind of thematically works. It's yeah. weird how that happens. All good. Well, thank you very much, Lightfire and Jeremby's mum. Ginny B asks, what were your personal Tallahassee theories pre-reveal? Mm. Ooh. Mm. So this is I'm for me. I'm not sure I can speak to no, that. But yeah. this is for, um, but there is a question for you, Stu, relating to this All after right, this one. Enough. I don't. Well, I mean, Tallahassee being a, a Zoroark was no, like, not even on my ra- radar. <laughs> I never would have. I just, I guess, I just thought he was who he said he was, and that there would be. 
an emotional scene. I like. I thought maybe he was. It, what he could do with Kenny's poker power was a poker power in itself. So I did sort of see that he would probably end up joining Team Mystic, um, but more that he would be kind of like convinced by Frey to join, and then would become, you know, a villain, a season four villain in that way. Yeah, I think I sort of generally presumed that he, as Ali said, there would be a moment where Brandy had to make that choice involving Tallahassee, but I, I really didn't think it was going to be that deep. Uh, and and after after an entire season of hating that man <laughs> with every fibre of my being, it was so good to have it all sort of be justified by that fantastic <laughs> switch. I, um, I thought uh, Brandy and Tallahassee were going to tie the knot and get married that's what i that's where i thought we were leading to uh we'd sort of steward set it up with the sort of funfair marriage that had happened i was like oh hello setting the scene for another marriage a wedding wedding flag um but actually no that wasn't the case it was very much evil i thought he could have i thought tallahassee could have been more sinister like tallahassee collecting poker powers i had this sort of vague thought that maybe the hypno belt like sucked in the poker powers and then obviously kenny had a really has a really powerful poker power like maybe there was some sinister poker power collector subplot that we could have gone i'm glad we didn't go that way because me saying it out loud now sounds <laughs> sounds like a very very dumb side quest of the poker power collector uh, but for stew adam beltane a fellow gm adam is the gm on um the force majeure star wars podcast and um they have written in submission part six particularly, a whole bunch of threads and coincidences suddenly came together to hammer the Sufloatzels. How much of this stew was planned and how much of it was you seeing an opportunity and leaping on it? Oh, uh, good question. Yes, submission six was um, an episode of things coming home to roost. I mean, some of them were things that I didn't expect at all, like um, the, the confrontation with Barry Bolkert and Kenny. I had no idea how that was going to play out. That was Ali... Uh, pulling a crazy cool move with the spirit shackle and us kind of rolling with that and it was amazing really because as soon as as soon as Ali did that and then did the the very emotional speech to Barry I was sort of like I, it kind of feels like Kenny's won here that there's nothing that can happen with Barry in this moment that that justifies this fight continuing which is what led to the kind of the Barry fall and you know, Kenny saving it like the way that 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 particular little bit of submission six wrapped up was kind of entirely on alley um in terms of things that i had that that then i kind of put on the players the the tallahassee reveal was one that was to an extent pre-planned but i'll be honest i i think i knew i wanted um the shape-shifting zororic to come up in this in the finale of this season but I hadn't completely nailed down how that was going to be until, you know, the back end of submission. There was a point, there was a point fairly early in Cosmic Power where I wondered whether Hannah was going to be the Zororic. Um I think w there, was a, there, was a, there was a moment in, in Cosmic Power where the meteorite powers didn't affect Hannah. And I thought, oh, maybe that's because she's a Pokemon. And maybe, oh, wait, is it right? Like, mm. I, that, that's what got my, I think that's where my, my cog started properly turning. But then because we had so many emotional scenes with Hannah and because we had those moments in submission where Kenny actually had like human connection moments with Hannah, I was like, we can't, 
we can't take that away. We can't reveal that that was a pointless moment and that didn't actually happen with Hannah. Okay, so, so all of the human connection moments Brandy had with Tallahassee were, no, were nothing, huh? <laughs> which which is to say nothing of the moments that Brandy had with Tallahassee, but they were more <laughs> more comical and less... All that legalese litigation <laughs> speak. Impactful. You're telling me that, that that impacted Brandy, but I guess no. Um, I felt we would lose less by losing Tallahassee as a human character because he'd mainly been a bit of a meme character for the whole season, which was fun. And I loved the fact that Tom had introduced this stupid character at the start of the season designed to kind of throw a spanner in the works and to take that, embrace it, embrace the stupidity, mine the comedy, and then use that spanner to hammer Tom at the end of the season felt like a real nice... I was like, right, It's a yeah, lovely that's... bit of judo from Stu there, GM Use judo. your strength against you and throw. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was sort of back end of submission, probably after the... Um, the, the Hannah scenes and everything in early submission, I was like, I think it's Tallahassee. And I think what what's great is that bringing in Zororic then opens the door for Frey to be involved, which then led on to the Adri fail, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Um, I can't remember what else happened. And then other than that, it was just Theo fighting the Zororic, wasn't it? And Brandy. To be honest, I didn't plan anything that happened to Brandy. That was just Tom having bad roles for the whole arc basically yeah. like yeah, we hammered okay. him but that wasn't because i wanted to hammer tom that was just tom not doing well and well and like the warden viper thing presu- oh that like, was that was an that interesting wasn't... one yeah well that wasn't planned either that was just again tom rolling bad but i thought in the Sorry, moment warden viper i just can't apologize enough <laughs> i think what felt it was a it was a tough decision actually that one but i think what the tom had described this incredibly epic scene of warden viper besting the helsing grunts and being incredibly competent and uh we'd set up warden viper in the whole season to be an incredibly powerful trainer in rock slide um and then again in submission and when that fail came through i thought god what what better way to demonstrate the power level of what who seem to be becoming our main antagonists in Team Mystic and Frey than to utterly annihilate someone we've seen be incredibly competent. Um, so, yeah, and demonstrate a very ruthless side to Team Mystic in terms of getting their goals. Thank you very much, Stu. <laughs> Galerin, our wonderful paladin, asks, in hindsight, what's an item you wished your character had access to in the final episodes? King's Rock? Yeah. An escape rope. (laughs) A gun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Galerin also asks, what's a weird niche hobby your characters might have gotten into if they were confined to their room for an extended period of time due to something like a lockdown, perhaps? Well, Kenny, um, loves, Kenny loves his botany, doesn't he? Succulents? <coughs> Succulents? Mm. What, what, what? I don't even know what that is. Well, oh, the, Ali, like, you're mean... playing the botany character. <laughs> Come on, bud. Yeah, Kenny's the botanist, not Ali. 
Uh, they're like indoor, indoor, easy to care for plants. Wait, 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 hold Rubbery. on. Ali, are you like suggesting? Cacti. Are you suggesting yes. that when you play and take on the role of Kenny, you unlock this kind of access to that knowledge? <laughs> that like when you're just in regular mode, like there's no possible way you'd know what it was. But what then... you don't know is I have a Wikipedia tab open at all times. The and botany it's just, tab. It's, it, it's just plant. It's the plants page. <laughs> You've <laughs> got plant, leaf, stem, tree. You've got all of those pages. Just Slow them. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all flour, but I've misspelt it, so it's all about bread. Oh, no, the worst. Maybe that's what Kenny gets into in lockdown, is uh, thinking, it's like, oh, I love flowers. I love a, I love flowers, and then just basically becomes obsessed with baking. Uh, thinking I like that. that. That's really yeah. good. I can see Kenny on the Great British Bake Off, for sure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Probably goes out week two, but, like, is there? Oh, I think he could have a Jürgen two. run. Do you like think? A, yeah. <laughs> Uber-competent Jürgen. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Depends how many luck points he uses. Um, well, I've only about... used one all campaign so far, so not many. Man alive. Man alive. Um, Brandy, I'm not sure about Brandy. I kind of think that actually she would start off, she, she would actually end up trying lots of different things and getting frustrated with all of them. And then... Oh my God, yeah. Brandy is that person who has all of the apps on her phone that yeah. she's opened, used once, and then given up. Given she's up, got all the idea and no idea. There. Exactly. She's yeah. got the juggling she... balls out. She's got like... She's got a guitar sort of... in the corner collecting dust. <laughs> yeah, she's got the guitar. She's got a music thing. I think that she, she would try and take up the drums um, and she would sort of be okay. But as soon as she was allowed out, she'd leave and then forget about the drums. And now Whiskey just has this drum set in the middle of like the Whiskey's Delio shop that people have to like squeeze past to get their like flower, you know, so I think that's that's what Brandy would have done. Theo? Leaping off what Ali was saying, I can't. I love the idea of Brandy and the Duolingo owl getting into a fight. Like all of those passive aggressive. <laughs> the just Duolingo going, hoot, hoot. Oh, it's been two weeks. I guess you just don't care anymore. And Brandy being like, you know what? <laughs> just constantly, and constantly just like, fighting. Ba-da-boom. Try again. Like speak into the microphone and say it again. Donde esta la biblioteca? Nope, the accent's not good enough. Try again. All right, you're really going to get to me here. Yeah, Brandy's not going to be in Scarlet and Violet, is she? That's, no. uh, it's not going to be happening anytime soon. Um, I think Theo, to take one that Theo, I mean, the, I think the extension of Theo's niche hobby being trombone playing and being alarmingly good, as we've discovered ooh, throughout ooh. season three, is that I think that Theo would try and write like a chamber opera. Uh, but to take one that I definitely did over lockdown, I feel like also Theo would try and learn like tarot reading or like try and design his own to try and design their own tarot deck i feel like that's like a weird a weird hobby that theo would take up i tried to do one and started to try and make the tarot deck from the end of the world and like ian came into the living room to find me putting like dried lavender onto hair cream on a piece of paper and was like god you you've just broken too haven't you we need to get out we need to get out (laughs) he was like could you just put some newspaper down if you're going to do that next time and i was like it's it's the apocalyptic tarot ian this is how it's done (laughs) how it's meant to be um, and then Thimscram, oh, calling out, calling out Ali. Um, Me? Going to, back to Glaren's questions. Ali, in hindsight, do you think bringing only your smallest Pokemon was the right idea? <laughs> brutal. <laughs> brutal. Um, okay, so a few things. I, I feel like my logic was sound because our mission when we picked up Pokemon was sneak into the sneaky, prison, sneaky. get the yeah. King's Rock, sneak a few people out, Bish bash bosh. I, I am sorry that I didn't anticipate us fighting a Moltres in a tree and then having two different evil teams in a Super Smash Bros-esque melee. I apologise for that. 
<laughs> that is a real oversight on your part, to be honest. <laughs> that that right. is on me. Um, secondly, I feel like most of my team... I had two evolutions in that uh, in this season. No one else had any. So yeah, I how does that like... feel, Ali? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my team justified being there, except for Spiritube, to be fair. They they did nothing. Um, <laughs> That's but, fair. I loved, I loved Fleek in... in... Season Bleak. three. Come Bleak on, man. Season they, three. Was, they were amazing. Yeah. That justified um, the place 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Bowtie evolved. Salandit had a couple of cool moments. Um, and finally, like, we, we're doing, we're not, it's not a game that we're trying to win. We're doing this for the story. True. And I think True. for that, that was the main reason. Sure. And, you know, we're doing a great I, job it, of not winning the game. Like, we're <laughs> really doing been, well at that. It would have been wonderful to have had Gyarados to pull out against the Moltres and stuff. But, like, then, you know, I might not have taken... I probably wouldn't have... I don't know who I would have left behind, but they, they that Pokemon might have missed out on some cool moments. So, mm. no worries. No, I, Thank, I don't regret my decision. I, I regret <laughs> Quite nothing. right. Um, Alex has asked a few questions here. Do you have a favourite written work someone has made about Critical Ditto, such as Ginny's Wimpy Fic or the Brandy fan fiction and i guess the answer to that is probably like don't really have a favorite i think they're all of them they're all mm, amazing yeah. the fact that mm -hmm. people would take their time to write anything related Absolutely. to the podcast or alternative universe thing is amazing um so you know it's all you know it's all great it's, it's all, all amazing stuff adding to the universe uh, uh alex also asks what are, would the character what are the characters favorite musicals and Stu, what is evil wismer's favorite musical <laughs> You asked that, that as that if I have really any kind of control over either Wisma or know anything about their psyche, uh, which I don't. Um, I would imagine something as chaotic and loud as possible. Maybe like Carry American, the musical. <laughs> American Idiot, possibly. American Idiot was what I was thinking, um, yeah. yeah. Or Stomp, just Stomp. Or, maybe Stomp, yeah, nothing, no lyrics. Yeah. They don't want to hear people speaking. That's, that's why they cut our mics all the time. <laughs> they just want to hear the rhythm, the rhythm of mic booms. <laughs> I think I Kenny feel... actually like really likes kind of old school Hollywood golden era, mm. um, like a Hello Dolly or something like that, because everyone's sort of it's every there's nothing's really at stake, so you know it's all it's all happy days. It's post war, feel good, yeah. <laughs> life's gonna get better. <laughs> we yeah. need some of those musicals now, don't we? Yeah, too right. I know. <laughs> Now we just have like, isn't your life awful musicals? <laughs> <laughs> Cabaret. Whee! <laughs> I think that Theo's unquestionably is the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I, I couldn't oh, be more yeah. certain of anything if I tried. Patrick Page is Frollo. Mm. Mm. Oh. 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 Mm. I'm, I'm thinking like really the Brechtian German version that everyone was obsessed with before they translated it into English. Like, it's all <laughs> Die Glocke von like, Notre Dame. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Brandy despises musicals just there's just she is just absolutely not interested. she saw and it, i mean if she did like a musical i feel like it would be the most sort of standard musical i mean but it would be something she saw as a kid like honk she'd have like seen <laughs> that as a kid or a bit and that'd be it she'd be like that's that's my favorite because it's the only one she knows um <laughs> and then alex also asks inspired by the gym scene What's what? What's every character's favourite piece of gym equipment? Stu, you can choose an NPC. Gym, as in Pokemon gym. No, no, as in from the gym scene at Capricorp. Where oh, that. The oh, with right, right. What's um, our favourite bit of gym equipment? <laughs> um, like, wow. <laughs> uh, 
I think favorite. Kenny Kenny loves um, uh, the just the big sort of spherical balls because he just jumps on them and bounces around. Fair, fair. That sounds good. I think for Brandy, it's just it's the um, it's just the punching bag. I think that's just that's that's a lot of use. That has a lot of use. Um, I think Theo loves a ski erg and has broken every single one they've ever used. Just like pulled, just pulled the like ski bits at the top and just ripped them off by <laughs> by about set four. Uh, Love that Theo's so strong <laughs> and angry. <laughs> any any NPCs? If you want to go through them all one by one, Stu, in their favourite gym equipment, that probably they all like dumbbells. They all like just three from weight. One. A different weight, yeah. Just assign as you will. Oh my god, Heron <laughs> is totally that person with like four different sets of dumbbells around him. It's like, no, I need all of them. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, yes. I'm doing a super I'm doing a super set. Yes. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. doing a pyramid super set, so you can't take any of them. Tyler's got one that a dumbbell that looks really small, but is actually the densest. Th so you think you could pick it up, but actually you just can't. And that's their one dumbbell. Um, also, Alex. <laughs> oh, I've just got an, an image of Hannah picking it up. I'm just oh, like. No. Not moving it an inch. Spoilers for season three here. Obviously, you're, if you're listening to the reflect of season three and you haven't listened to season three, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, um, surely this is just the whole episode is one big spoiler. Exactly. <laughs> Alex has asked, after the finale, a couple of us are wondering at what point Frey took control of the flash mullet. Mm. Before the Adri fail? After the Adri, mm. Adri fail? Mm. During the Adri fail? I think this is one for uh, Keeper of the, um, the Time Stream, Stuart Clark. Oh, me, yeah. Solid hold on that. Very, very, very high continuity in the time stream. We sort, we we sort of clarify well, a little bit more. A little, don't we, there's the a little bit vignette. more clarification in the very first vignette of season four, so yeah. you'll get a little more info there. I think um, let's keep it like it, it's kind of whenever yeah. you think it is. Whenever as an you think it member, is, whenever it makes it sense for you, <laughs> then it then that's sure. when it happened. I see it slightly as just after the Adri call, like a, like a little bit late, just after that. You know, yeah. Kane, Kane yeah. and Andrew do a little bit more work together and then you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Um, Snivy Gardens asks, asks um, which I think maybe maybe a bit of a spoiler that we can't get into and I'm not sure if we even know, but what's Frey's Poke-powered Pokemon? So what's what's her sort of internal Pokemon? But I don't think we know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It's a, it's a I, cherubi. I'm curious. It's a cherubi. Just, yeah, oh, well, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Wow. It's a cherubi. cherubi. I'll reveal that right now. I mean, can I ask a follow-up or... Is yeah, that, of course. Go for it. Like... Why? Why? Is this is <laughs> the question. So that it can evolve into a cherub. Next question. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. You heard it here first. Phrase Poker Power Pokemon is a cherubi. <laughs> I am Does curious that... if Stu has decided what, what it is. I have oh, theories. I have theories. I have theories. But I'm not. Theories. I'm not marrying myself to any one thing because anything could come up at any time that might make me go like, "That's a better idea." So I have, which like... is exactly what I'm doing with Kenny as well. But yeah, currently exactly. you're like, currently you're like Cherubi. 
is the big fate. Cherubi that's, is that the is winner the at the one. moment. Yeah. Because yeah, then yeah. we yeah. could flash back reasons. to any scene where we were in a forest or anything, and you could be like, look, Frey was right there as a little Cherubi, just there. Where did you first meet Frey? In a tree, like <gasps> a berry. <gasps> oh, my God. God. The Sephiroth <laughs> tree full of Cherubis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, Hiraith Sendron asks, how do you feel about the tone of the season three finale? Do you have a preference for happy, hopeful, bittersweet, mournful, or tragic endings in general? Uh, and which do you think slash hope the podcast as a whole's finale might end up being? Oh, that's a fun question. So, to- mm. like the tone that we how we do we created. feel about the tone of season three finale? Because Ooh. it was, I think we, I think we, I think we secretly love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, like yeah. we don't want them Sorry, all to be you. like that. Um, yeah, I, I. Sorry, who asked the question, Tom? Oh, um, Hiraith Sendron. Hiraith Sendron. Apologies if I'm pronouncing that. Uh, That's why Tom sighed before he answered. (laughs) Yeah. I was a bit like, Tom, it's not that difficult a question, mate. Yeah, well... (laughs) I just didn't want well, to have to their name again, <laughs> so I apologise. Um, I think Erith's asking about like, oh well, how do you how do you maybe see season four ending? Maybe implying like, do you just do you just love pain and do you want them all to end like that? I don't think, I don't think. Well, I don't think that's a conscious decision. That will all depend on what happens. But I think mm. you know, I don't think any of us want to have an ending where we're just incredibly nihilistic and you know like. I think well, I think everything, this, nothing matters. This is all pointless. I think the season three ending is the dark night of the soul. And yeah, like, if you were structuring, it I think to be honest, overall, I would be very surprised if it gets bleaker, bleaker. than the yeah. series three yeah. ending. Probably, I mean, there might be some difficult moments, certainly, mm, but in terms mm. of an actual like collective um, failure to yeah. achieve goals, or I like to see the the podcast overall almost like a four act the thing over and like season one is our act one the setup where we meet all the characters and kind of set up the journey and by the end of act one they've, they've had their call to action they've, they've gone to the pokemon league and learned about the evil teams and they're like right we have been recruited and off we go and then season two is kind of the fun and games where we just spend time with the characters in Pyrenile, they catch some pokemon they fight some people on a train it's all quite not lower stakes because the stakes did definitely rise but it was a lot more kind of like fun and then the end of season two was very hopeful and like, woohoo, we're going to fly off in with our cool new ship. And then season three is where things get a bit darker and we learn that actually our heroes are not always going to succeed and things could get really bad. And then hopefully season four is their, their rise back to triumph. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the main hope. And the, um, you know, I love the image of the season two ending being the Sephlotzels flying off in the ship full of hope and then the season three ending is Frey <laughs> flying off on the same ship is really cool if I do say so myself from excellent yeah. work from us <laughs> I, I actually have a question for Stu about the unfortunately Ali, we had season. the question round from us at the beginning <laughs> well and I, I didn't ah. have it then um, it's essentially was Frey um, threatening Dora Oh yeah! Inevitable. Was that always going to happen? No. Because, no. um, and and what like when did you, when did you make that like okay now it needs to happen like because um, for me I was listening back to Tom's edit of the finale being like I'm curious to know what we could have done if anything to avoid this. I had all sorts of ideas of what what could happen, but they were mainly tied to you, Kenny, and what you decided to do. Um, I mean, I could have predicted that you weren't going to off Barry because that's, you know, pretty in keeping with your character. Who else but Kenny? 
But there was a part of me that thought, I wonder if Kenny would choose to keep everyone else safe and whatever by agreeing to go with Frey and join her her cause as, in a, in a sort of like, hey, if you just if you leave now, leave everyone alone, I'll 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 go with you. Because Frey was obviously trying to recruit Kenny from the Sephiroth tree fire conversation to to everything in submission. That that was kind of my Kenny choice. Was like, I, obviously, I knew you weren't going to kill Barry, but was there going to be an element of Kenny identifies the danger here of Frey, uh, knows kind of what her deal is and what her goals are, and knows that she wants Kenny. Maybe if she if I go, then there will be a safer environment for the rest of of the team so the, there mm. was an idea of maybe hey maybe that there would be a kenny separation from the main three and it would have been almost like a kenny season four might have gone in a kenny retrieval direction or like a, a solo kenny arc to, to, to begin this I, I don't know something along those lines the door of threatening was when kenny kind of shut that down entirely and it was about then it was about challenging a different player and that, that that was the way i saw to challenge theo was to give theo a choice which again i think is an, a fascinating thing about theo's character is theo is all about you know kind of like self-suffering and taking on other people's burdens and being like i will shoulder all these burdens it's fine whatever but the, the way to really challenge theo was to give them a decision that would almost entirely just hurt someone else and that Theo couldn't take any of that on themselves. Because it, 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 that's why I didn't want it to just be like, Kenny, we're going to threaten Dora, what do you do? It was like Theo. And I truly did not know what I was going to do. You presented me with that, that crossroads. I truly, truly did not know what Theo would do in that, in that moment. And I think what was fascinating about this season is because you started it, Stu, by asking all of us to basically like explore a lot of our characters' vulnerabilities. Because we've talked about that in the Reflect throughout the whole season that you in that first bide section you wanted us all to sort of delve into why we are the way we are and then during rock slide there are a lot of moments where you were like no i want you to do these things because that's what your character would do not because this is the easy or at least particularly for theo as well there were a lot of moments where you were like go back to your brain don't rely on your powers what are you going to do in this situation it felt like by the time we got to spatial rend it felt like we'd gone on like such a journey as characters and we'd had like this great moment catharsis like theo had got the third tome brandy had learned something so important kenny and theo had gone on like such a journey and going into like i honestly don't know like like what we do next they've done such a like victory lap in that like spatial rend section and then threw in so many spanners in the works but every single one of them made complete sense none of them felt like a like a shock none of them felt like a sort of like deus ex machina everything you threw into it made like it would be so easy to get annoyed at how terribly we were rolling and how many things you threw in and how hard you were on us on rolls but it all made complete and utter sense. um and it was and it was really exciting to realize that no matter where you feel like you might begin to plateau as a character you always find a different way to challenge a part of us like i didn't realize that theo was going to still be jealous about the mm. smoking thing until mm. presented with a situation where that was an option. And I didn't realise what Theo was going to do when presented with a choice between love and the tome until you presented that situation. Uh, and it was really fascinating to to go on that journey as an actor with the stimuli that you provided us over the season. Yeah. And that's following on from David's point there. Lightfire asked the question about, in terms of the roles on the final episode, was there a conscious decision not to use luck points? Um and 
as the person who rolled the worst um, <laughs> and probably should have used luck points, again, I sort of felt for the... It felt like right for the story. Like, I this just is, didn't... Yeah, this is the interesting thing about luck points. And I, I feel free to disagree with me because you are players who have more, more agency in using the luck points. But for me, the luck points are more more to be used when... <sighs> How do I describe it? When like their their use would benefit the story and make yeah. rather than mm. wanting to win. If that well, makes I think sense. it goes exactly. back to what I was just yeah. saying about picking the Pokemon I picked. Like we're not this isn't a game that we're trying to win. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to tell a story, and in in you know we have there are obstacles that sometimes you just don't overcome at that moment, and you've got to overcome them. Later. Exactly. So like rolling rolling badly for Warden Vipen felt really right for the story because if I'd have used if we'd have gamed that out and say right well I'm going to use a luck point for Warden Vipen to pass that so suddenly uh, we're in a fight with warden vipen and frey you're thinking well none of the main characters are involved in this now it's now a sort of npc take on sort of fight that will a just add so much time and if if warden vipen then beats frey suddenly like where is the sort of satisfaction in in yeah, in that, that story. A, a main that antagonist has just, been beaten by it, none of the main characters. By none of the main characters. <laughs> none of the main characters helped at all. Brandy released Warden Viper and that was the amount of help that she was in that. So yeah, as Stu said, it's more luck points are used for narrative purposes when we feel like it's narratively important for a role to succeed rather than fail. I'm, think, I'm thinking as well, this, this might not be the case, but I'm thinking of kind of... So, Ali, you've you've used one, right? One, yeah. David, you used one? I think I've used three now. No, you one during the fight three. with... <clears throat> I did, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure you used during the fight with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And the, Rock the Dwayne Johnson, Rock sorry. The Dwayne, and then I used one you. for the slow poke. Because so I used two in these three, which were plot... Like it needed to happen, and one was Slowpoke to fight the. <clears throat> it was. It was the Slowpoke, um, the the, rain the avalanche, um, to get mm. the rain dance. I had to use it because otherwise me and Viper would have died. And then yeah. the second one I used was to get Samantha to get me out of the the time of suffering because Samantha was like, "Do you want to leave?" The other was like, "Yes," and then I failed, and so I had to roll in that situation because oh, otherwise okay. I'd have that, been stuck that, doing another three flashbacks. But that is a perfect example, exactly. David. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's a good that point. Yeah. your scene that you had with Samantha justified you succeeding that that role, justified mm, the yeah. you know the success in in talking, and and so like it would have made so little sense for Samantha for Samantha to be like. I don't forgive you after you as the audience have just listened to us reconcile our differences. Yeah. No, I'm going to block this. Yeah, I'm going to block this. We're trapped fun. in this hellscape forever. Like, we need to move on. Like, we need to now move forward. Like, again, into... you could be yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. maybe the fail is like, I don't know, a dark void Pokemon comes from. But, but you're, just, you're just extending the story past what it's already been resolved and you're just adding another complication, which isn't an interesting complication. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, I don't know what in terms of final season and luck points. I'm wondering whether we sort of do a blanket like right, everyone gets three for the final season, and that might uh, be a bit actually. Stuart, I have Ali. nine left. I so... understand that Ali has a glut, <laughs> and and well done, Ali, for getting through this far without having used any. But and the service of like it's a storytelling device as opposed to a game winning device. Maybe that's a sort of more fair 
it, that will raise the stakes of like right everyone gets three and we know that everyone gets three and it's like when do you use them in the final season do you i don't know that was that was a thought i had as a kind of like t- what which is in service of taking them away as a kind of gamified win more button and adding them more in as a kind of let's all help us ourselves tell the story button i don't know fair something to discuss in the comments let us know what you think Mm. as Mm. listeners um lightfire also asked a follow-up just saying how are your characters faring emotionally after the events of the finale wow (laughs) not great pretty bad (laughs) really bad i would say worst mental state Uh, so far for each of the characters well we're only a couple of episodes into season four but it's it's taking it's taking some time to heal (laughs) it's taking a while i'm gonna suggest possibly even kenny after burning dora's face was he felt better than where we are at least kenny was active kenny was going somewhere trying to find someone um But yes. Well, so, also like that was an accident. This I, all feels this 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 all feels like intentional choices. Not intentional, but it's because of us. Like Kenny's secret like, villain confirmed. Yeah, yeah. There it is. The Kenny <laughs> no, twist. An, an expulsion of random poker powers that Kenny has no control over is is one thing. Mm. Whereas like an assassin holding a knife to his sister's throat directly because of decisions Kenny has made mm. is an entirely oh, different gosh. prospect. Oh gosh. I, I think this also goes back to the food question as well, which I think is a really interesting one, because I think that we were surprised as the creators of the story that the moments where we hug the bruise of our characters actually do are responded to really well by our listeners and actually are liked. And I think that going into season four, that was a big question we had is it's how do you balance that we are a podcast of people that make jokes and have absurd characters? How do you then also have like emotionally cathartic moments? Mm. And like, I think mm. that's, that is a challenge that we're trying to explore with season four, but it's oh, really huge. empowering, at least for me, to have those moments where people abide or listen to Kenny having that conversation with Melissa in that karaoke room, a sentence that, again, I never thought I'd say <laughs> in my life. But, um, but the, the, way that our, the way that the people who listen to our podcast respond to the moments that are not full of laughs and are full of empathy and compassion is, is inspiring to feel that we can keep doing those moments mm. and try and... Yeah. see uh, well, the I needle think, we can sit I, and I, do I, those things yeah i think we mentioned this on a patreon episode uh that ali and i did but i don't think we've mentioned it on the main feed is that we actually have did two season four episode ones uh we did we did our first record of a season four episode one back in february and we all uh, in a kind of pre-chat we were like i think we'd like to like do a little time skip and maybe not not explore the immediate aftermath because all our characters are just going to be sad and it's going to be a bit like of a bummer and difficult to role play so let's do a little time skip and then we can kind of get into the plot of season four and we attempted to do that and we did some time skip episode um scenes where each of our each of our characters were meeting uh, you know some other character having a scene and then moving straight into the plot of of maybe what season four was going to be and we got to the end of that episode and i think we all felt like gosh we've we've missed so much in terms of as david says hugging the bruise accepting that our characters are in a terrible state and need to process that and none of the characters seemed to feel like they were justified in the direction they were going by the end of the episode and i think we all were like um we've made a misstep there let's scrap that Maybe we will release that secret hidden episode one day on the Patreon. Um, mm. So you can hear 
Because I don't think I don't think the improv was bad. I think the scenes were good, but I just think structurally no. we got it really wrong in terms of m- skipping essential moments with the characters. Uh, so we scrapped that and went way back. And the new season four, episode one, basically starts exactly where season three finale left off. And we sit in that and we explore that and let the characters talk. Tom's Tom's talking, but he's muted himself. Yeah, there's like I was just just gonna jump in and say yeah, there's like the f- the first half of the first episode of season four is just sort of me wailing. Now it's like I just come in and I'm like, mm-hmm. which is initially so, why we wanted to skip. Which was initially, bit. but I think you're right. <laughs> but now I we realise that right. is essential. That's yeah, something yeah. that is essential. Don't worry, we, and do, we, do keep in, we do keep in six months of Brandy's rehabilitation for her leg breaks. That's good. <laughs> like, we can, every every moment of that is going to be recorded. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. This is actually the end of part one of The Reflect. Uh, we decided we've got a lot of questions coming in, so, so we'd split it into two. Hmm. And that's See it. That's the time. end. See God, you next that's, time. That's the most brutal ending we've ever had. <laughs> so, more brutal than the bye. season three finale. Tom telling you this is the end of the part Go one. Go away. The there are no more questions this week. Bye. The shop is closed.